Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. The purpose of this podcast is to talk about what really works, and most important, why things work the way that they do. Hence the name, There is a Method to the Madness. I want to thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. You know, the real estate market is changing. Houses aren't just selling themselves anymore. My next door neighbor's house has been for sale probably six, seven months now, and uh, I see very little bites on it. And a couple of years ago, that thing would have been off the market by now, and somebody moved in. I mean, we all know that. So the market's slowing down, and that's why we need trusted professionals to help guide us and figure out what our next steps are. So if you need that guidance, give them a shout. 386-451-2412. Ask for Jonathan or Lynn. So today I'm going to talk about some of my strategies, some of my philosophies as it comes to strength training, because I know everybody listening wants to achieve maximum fitness. They want to become max fit, right? See what I did there? You know, I was thinking like, I've got the perfect last name for what I do. You know, Maxwell, I think it's like perfect. You can go with like maximum fitness or fit max or max fit like I've used over the years, or we used to have the wellness news report, you know, that was pretty cool. I just think it's pretty neat, you know, almost so that you might have think I changed my name to Maxwell as I got into the fitness industry, right? Kind of like Joe Thiesman changed his name to Joe Thiesman when he was quarterback at Notre Dame because it kind of sounded like Heisman, right? Well, that's a true story. I'm really kidding about my last name, though, and uh, just kind of trying to have some fun. We want to have some liveliness in the podcast, but still, I think there's a lot of cool things I can do with the name. But we do want maximum fitness. I mean, I know anybody listening would agree with that, right? I mean, we all want to be our best. Sometimes we might argue over what maximum fitness is. But I don't. I mean, my belief system is that maximum fitness is simply the most fit you can be, the most healthy you can be. If we achieve that, man, that is awesome, right? I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that if we achieve our maximum fitness levels, maximum wellness levels, that we're going to be a lot happier. It just doesn't affect our tonicity and strength, all right? So these are some of the philosophies that I've used that I think makes our programming unique, makes it work. I mean, I know it works because I've been doing this for 30 years. So I want to talk about them. Now, there are guidelines that exercise professionals use if they're certified, and they really, really should be certified through the right right agencies. So the American College of Sports Medicine is the big daddy of them all. That's sort of the accrediting body for health and fitness professionals. There are other good certifications out there. There are only four, though, 
that are accredited, and that is the ACSM, the NSCA, ACE, and NASM, NASM. Anything other than that is not accredited, and it means somebody kind of got it off the internet or whatever. I'm not a big fan of that. But anyway, the ACSM is the big daddy. Um, I think they're great. I think they're all good. I think the ACSM is probably the best, though. They've been around since 1954, and uh, they've been growing and growing and growing as people are getting more aware that exercise is the way to go as we age, and they get into other things, too. I mean, they're they're into uh, orthopedics. They're into physicians. I mean, the American College of Sports Medicine covers a lot of areas in the health, wellness, and fitness industry. It's not just, uh, you know, personal trainers. It's many, many groups. So anyway, they give guidelines on strength training. They give guidelines on aerobic training. They give guidelines in general, which are good. And, you know, some people complain. I've heard young trainers complain. They say, well, you know, they don't tell you what to do exactly with your clients, they give you guidelines. You know, I want to know exactly what to do. And I'll explain to them that the reason for that is because the principle of individuality states that not everybody's the same. I mean, some people will do just fine on two days a week of strength training and actually reach their maximum fitness. And some people might need more. So, that you know, I like the fact that it's general because you have to use your noggin people good trainer has to be able to know the method to the madness. Like they have to be able to go, oh, this is why we choose that versus so-and-so told me so, but not really understand where that is coming from. And so they might be using the wrong methodology with the wrong person. So I like the fact it's general. Some people don't. I think the more experienced you get, you appreciate it. So Their guidelines on strength training is basically, and I say basically because they do change them minutely a little over the years, but it hasn't changed much. But two to three days a week of strength training, they don't say more is necessarily bad for people that like to do split routines or whatever. They kind of just don't give an opinion on that because they know that all is fine. All can work. Full body can work. Split routines can work. So two to three days a week frequency wise, as far as the majority of the population. So they state that they state that you need to train your 10 major muscle groups. And that is your glutes, your quads, your hamstrings, your pecs, your lats, your deltoids, your biceps, your triceps, your abdominals, and your lower back. So those are your 10 major muscle groups. They state that you need to train your main sections of the body, and that is your upper thighs, your lower torso, your upper torso, and your arms. So they state that. But if you were you know, paying attention to the major muscle groups, you know that you covered that. They state that anywhere from 8 to 12 repetitions is ideal for most people, but 10 to 15 being a little bit better for senior citizens, and they literally do state a little bit better. I know, vagueness in there. They state anywhere from 2 to 4 sets is ideal per exercise and muscle group. 
They give a little bit of feedback on cadence and they state that anywhere between a two and a six second repetition is ideal. And they don't really touch rest time because it is kind of so subjective with each and every different person. So those are the strength guidelines. Oh, and they do state that you should have at least 48 hours between your workouts if you're training full bodies or between muscle groups. So like that's really general, right? So, and that's fine. As I said, that is absolutely fine. So every trainer has to kind of have their spin on it if they want to make things work. And the trainer also has to keep in mind that they're running a business. So like, you know, people can't work out for two hours a day. I mean, I guess some could if your name is Oprah or Madonna or people like that. Um, they pay people to be with them almost all the time. I mean, great. But, you know, the normal person isn't going to do that. And I would suggest really don't need to do that. I'm sure the trainer and client would end up like uh, hating each other and fighting all the time, right? Just like a married couple. So I don't think that, oh God, that just sounded awful. God, edit, edit. Uh, anyway, not all married couples, I guess, fight like that. Boy, where is my edit button? Anyway, so, you know, that's not necessarily ideal to have to work out for a very long time. So the trainer has to be able to make the workouts fit into a schedule that's going to work for the person and for the business. So, you know, there is always that consideration. And a trainer has to be able to know that, number one, the client has to get results. So all these things have to be considered. So they take these guidelines and make it work. So for me, I've always focused on the major muscle groups. Like, that's a key. Like, you have to train them, right? I mean, if a client comes in and you're only like doing biceps and triceps with them, you'd be surprised how many people like actually want to do things like that. Oh, let's just train the arms, you know, and it's like, well, that's not very good for you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love training the arms. Like I love getting a good pump. And, you know, now that I have this brand new bicep tricep machine, it's like, man, that thing's going to be fun to plan. Absolutely. But we have to do our hips, right? We have to do our squats and our leg presses and some of the things we don't necessarily like we have to do the leg extension so we can keep our thighs nice and strong and um, keep our knees strong right so a good trainer obviously knows that they know that they're just not going to cater to somebody's wishes of wanting to do the muscle groups that they want to do if they do ladies and gentlemen get yourself a new trainer they're just a people pleaser that's not going to work because the real results are going to come from training the larger muscle groups so a good trainer knows that you can hit the biceps and triceps when you're doing major body push and major body pull. So if you're doing pull downs and rows, you're training your biceps. So if you're on a time efficient workout schedule, whether it be for your business or the client, you know, you don't necessarily have to do the biceps and triceps individually because you've already done them with your major compound exercises. So, you know, not to get too far in the woods, but in the weeds, not the woods, either one, I guess. But, you know, that's one of the things I always put at the forefront. All right. And then the important stuff. I mean, that's the important thing right there. But the thing I think that separates us, it, I know it separates us. Does it mean I'm better than everybody? No, it just means it separates. Like these are my philosophies. So like number one, my number one philosophy is consistency. Like if somebody says, 
So what's more important? And obviously, you know, this is it's, it's such a rhetorical answer, but you need to hear it. What's more important, working like really hard, like once a week, or, you know, doing your best, or even maybe doing less than your best three times a week? I mean, obviously, it's the latter, right? I mean, consistency is key. We tell that to clients all the time, you know. It's like, look, you schedule your two workouts a week, and you miss half of them. You know, yeah, sure, you meet the cancellation policy. You tell us two days before, great. This isn't about business. Like, we have a waiting list. Like, we're not telling you this because we're worried about that spot. We're going to fill that spot. We're telling you this because if you don't get your butt in the gym two times a week, you're not going to see results. And we want you to see results. We don't want you walking around going, man, I go to Maxwell's, nothing's changed. So do you go regular? Yeah, no, you don't. So that is critical. You have to have consistency if you are going to see your results. All right. My second main philosophy, form is everything. I mean, there are people that pull workouts off the Internet. Great. And they blow through them like a checklist, you know, they just blow through it. Up oh, squats, three times 15. Boom, check. Up oh, leg extensions. Oh, I hate these stupid things. You know, let me see. Let me. All right, I'm at seven and I'm on my iPhone. And right now I'm doing a selfie and I'm tagging, taking care of myself at the gym, fitness, little smile. Upload. Oops, better filter that puppy first. All right, so that's how some people work out, right? That drives me nuts. Can't stand it. Quality, quality, quality. Form is everything. When you do an exercise, you want to make sure that you're doing the right form. You want to make sure that you're going through a full range of motion. You want to make sure that you're squeezing the muscle. You want to make sure that you're not using momentum. You want to make sure that you're keeping your shoulders down. If you're standing up, you're pushing your butt back. And you want to make sure you're putting your mind to the muscle, right? That goes with form. If your mind is in la-la land, I mean, okay, sure, better than nothing. But you're there, you're paying money, or you're going to the gym and you're paying somebody money, or you bought equipment at home, you paid somebody, you know, make it worth it. Put your mind to the muscle. Think about it. I tell everybody all week long, studies have shown that you get 25% more innervation to the muscle, meaning that you're going to get the muscle fibers contracted 25% greater if you literally think about the muscle you're working. Like literally, what's Rob talking about, mind the muscle? Okay, you work in your thighs. Think about your thighs. Look at them. What do you feel right now? Do you feel them burning? Yeah, probably. Okay, focus on that mind to muscle. You get 25% more innervation. That's very, very important, all right? So that's philosophy number two. Philosophy number three kind of goes along with number two. Quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. I've never been a big quantity volume guy. I mean, you know, there are times when more sets can be okay. I'm not saying that. But you know how the ACSM was talking about two to four sets being ideal I mean, a lot of that has to do with how hard are your sets. And yeah, there are things we utilize such as warm-up sets and all this kind of stuff. 
And by the way, research shows that there's absolutely no one set number of sets that works for each individual. They are all over the place when they've looked at the data. All over the place. Like I've seen bodybuilders say, well, my marker is 20 sets per muscle group. It's like, okay, but like, are those like 20 shitty sets or are those like 20 quality sets or is it somewhere in between? I mean, that is like so subjective, right? I mean, I do believe in putting in enough work. Absolutely. But quality over quantity. Studies have shown over and over and over that one set to failure trumps three shitty sets, okay? Sorry for the cuss word if it upsets you. I'm sorry. But I am really, really, really trying to make a point. Like, and sometimes we have to do that to make a point, or I should say I do, okay? So you will get more out of quality than quantity any day of the week. So when I design workout programs, it's based on quality. Are we getting close to failure? That means that you can no longer lift the load that you're doing. Are you getting close to failure? That's the key. We call that rep maximum or failure or volitional fatigue, any of those things, meaning are you getting close? Whether it be through um, cardiac failure, oh, that, that's sounding, man, I am full of it today on a, it's Sunday actually when I'm doing this, but what I mean by cardiac failure is aerobic failure, not cardiac arrest, okay? Yeah, that would mean that your set's probably over at that point. Now, what I mean is aerobic fatigue. So one of three things can happen that you know that you're really doing a quality set. It'd be that, like you're, you're doing a circuit and you're using light weights, but you're doing high reps and you're just huffing and puffing. So you're reaching aerobic fatigue. Okay, that's a good indicator. Are your muscles really, really starting to fail? Like you can no longer withstand the burn anymore. And there comes that point for everybody. So you're hitting that kind of fatigue or which you shouldn't, but is your form starting to go uh, south? That's not good. So like if we're training with any kind of fatigue, right, whether it be aerobic fatigue or muscular fatigue, then we're doing what we should do. That is ideal. All right. And then finally, that one thing that's always kind of separated me with that is the fact that I believe that there's no magic. Well, it's not even I believe. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I'm not that egotistical. I tell people all the time, I'll correct people and they'll say, well, you say that. I say, no, I'm repeating that. I, I wish I could take credit for it, but I didn't invent it. But there, like there is no perfect rep range either. Just like there's no perfect set number, there's no perfect rep range. So studies have shown that higher reps to fatigue, and this is very closely linked to number three, that higher reps to fatigue are just as good for hypertrophy as lower reps to fatigue. So everybody's a little bit different on that. I do like to use both at times, like lower reps and higher reps with people. And again, notice I'm not saying low or high because it's individual. It depends and it depends on how fast they do the reps. In other words, what their cadence is. But I like to use both because it's good periodization. In other words, it kind of tricks the body. But I know that higher reps to fatigue are just as good and in a lot of cases better because you keep your form better and you actually can get the failure and you can feel the muscles more and lower reps are 
good to break things up sometimes too. So yeah, I absolutely believe in progressive overload. I say it all the time. But the way to progressive overload is understanding that principle that we can get there via high reps or we can get there via low reps. And the key is really pushing to volitional fatigue failure or rep max, whatever you want to call it. You know, I like to call it rep max. You know why? Rep max, Rob Maxwell, RM. Man, I did it again. Isn't that name just perfect for fitness? Hope you got a little laugh today because, you know, it's important. I mean, it's important to kind of like not take everything so serious, I think. And you know what? I can really bore you tomorrow if you want, and I'll give you all of my philosophies of life. Wouldn't you love to sit here and listen to a world according to Rob? You know, poor Ellen and my poor friends have to listen to this, and, uh, you know, they tune me out real quick. So anyway, this was good. I hope you learned something. And by the way, please download these episodes because it helps me with my numbers. Um, you know, for some reason, the server I use tracks that. And last year we got in the top 50% of all the podcasts on Buzzsprout. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I think it was over 10,000 downloads, something like that. So like, that's the way they track it. So please download it and subscribe to the show on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That would be great. And hit automatic download because that helps me too. And speaking of automatic, overhead door of Daytona Beach is the absolute best. I heard Zach's commercial the other day and he said, they go up and they go down. That's pretty automatic. And you know, that's true. I mean, you want your thing to work, right? So when you go to your garage door, you want it to work. They have the best quality garage door in Volusia County, and they have the best service. I personally vouch for Jeff and Zach Hawk, father-son, awesome duo who own the company. So give them a shout at Overhead Door Daytona.com.